You are listening to Islam and Liberty Podcast. If you are looking for more, you can find it on our website at islamandlibertynetwork.org. We have articles, research papers, and conferences on all aspects of Islam and freedom. Today, we have our Bosnia and Herzegovina fellow, Tinan Smajik. His main focus is on medieval Islamic manuscripts and Semitic languages in general. Here, he will talk about the issue of the prize system in the context of early Islamic history, specifically in the context of the manuscripts by Al-Qadi Abdul-Jabbar, discovered by Taha Husseini. Our host today is Ali Salman. Welcome to Islam and Liberty podcast. Today, our guest speaker is our Bosnian Herzegovina fellow. His name is Jenans Majit, and he holds a master degree in Arabic language and literature from University of Sarajevo, and also has worked in Egypt. He's a freelance journalist in Bosnia, and his main focus of interest is discovering medieval Islamic manuscripts and Semitic languages in general. Uh, he's also an active member of a market economy-based think tank, and he has co-authored a book called Islam and Free Market, which was published in Bosnian language. And he's also an editor and translator of Socialism, Economic Education and Entrepreneurship, written by Jesus Huatua de Soto. So we are looking forward to have a discussion with uh, Jinan today. We will first hear him talking about his main findings and messages on issue of the price system in the context of early Islamic history. And then we will have a discussion with him uh, broadly on the same topic. So, Jinant, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your thoughts with us. I will now ask you to kindly share the main research uh, with us. Okay, thank you, Ali, for everything. And first of all, before I start to talk about my findings and my research, I want to thank you gratefully that you invite me here. And it's pretty a pleasure to be here to talk with you and to have you here and to be with you. So thank you again. And now I will start to talk about uh, this kind of a topic uh, you already mentioned. Uh, first of all, I want, I want to make first introduction regarding these manuscripts or regarding this particular manuscript, which name is, and I have this uh, manuscripts in front of me, uh, the name of the manuscripts originally in uh, Arabic language is Al-Mugni fi Abwabi Tawheedi Wal-Adli, written by Al-Qadi Abdul-Jabbar. Lately, I will uh, return to the name of the book, but the first of all, I need to make some kind of an introduction with this because this manuscript is a part of a general Zaydi literary tradition. When I say that it is a part of a Zaydi literary tradition, I do not mean that this particular manuscript is written by uh, some particular Zaydi follower. The Zaydi literary tradition is among the richest traditions within Islamic civilization and at the same time, we do not know about this heritage a lot. First of all, it is a heritage of 1,000 years covering a wide spectrum of topics from law, legal theory, Quranic sciences, etc., etc. But moreover, Zaydis were at all times familiar that these manuscripts are not just belonging to the Zaydi community, but they were belonging also to the other Islamic communities, such as uh, 
Ismaili Shi's uh, 12er Shia community and uh, Sunni uh, communities. For example, this particular manuscript, I will talk about him, is uh, one manuscript from Mu'tazili uh, traditional communities. But these Zaydi uh, literary tradition and these manuscripts were kept 1,000 years in Yemen. And the most significant and by far largest collections of Zaydi manuscripts are housed by the many public and private libraries of Yemen, uh, several European libraries, uh, and also, yeah, the many libraries of the Middle East housed also the manuscripts uh, from the Yemen. And these manuscripts are very, very important for our Islamic uh, tradition. And anything, my, that's my opinion, is uh, if we want to talk about uh, any kind of an open society, if we want to introduce the audience with uh, a Muslim audience, and not just Muslims, any kind of a people we want to relate to them and to speak about Islamic civilization, to speak about freedom, we can find a lot, a lot of things in our tradition, specifically in these kind of manuscripts. And because of that, I'm a person who likes to work in the field with modern books, uh, modern theories, ideas, but I like to connect them or I like to make a some kind of a research to try to find any kind of a connection in our Islamic tradition and then to see how they are related with these modern ideas. Now, regarding this Zaydi tradition or these uh, Zaydi manuscripts, it is, uh, I will just mention that the collection of the, for example, Biblioteca Ambrosiana in Milan acquired a great collection of Arabic manuscripts uh, that had been brought together by the Italian merchant Giuseppe Caprotti. And uh, Giuseppe Caprotti was a very important person because Giuseppe Caprotti had spent 34 years in Yemen and had collected more than 1,700 manuscripts during his visit in Saudi Arabia, specifically Yemen. Uh, the Caprotti and also his and uh, after Caprati, Luca Baltrami, uh, they donated these manuscripts from Yemen to the Biblioteca Ambrosiana in Milan. Uh, as I already said, Giuseppe Caprati donated more than 1,700 manuscripts and Luca Baltrami donated another uh, 180 manuscripts. And these collection of Caprati and Beltrami, they are called the uh, Nuevo Fondo. And this uh, particular manuscripts, they represent very significant collection of Yemeni manuscripts existing outside of, of Yemen. And there are also some collections of Zaydi manuscripts owned by Leiden University Library, about 200 manuscripts, and Apostolica Vaticana, about 150 manuscripts. Regarding this particular book, Al-Mugnifi Abwabil Tawheed Wal-Adl, written by Al-Qadi Abdul-Jabbar, it is very important to know that this book or this kind of a manuscript belonged to Mu'tazili tradition, but it was kept by Zaydi community in Yemen. And uh, how do we know about these manuscripts? Uh, where was this manuscripts all of these years? What we do know about this kind of a manuscript is that it was kept in Yemen, as I already said, more than 1,000 uh, years. But the uh, person who found this manuscript was uh, 
Taha Hussein. Taha Hussein was one of the most recognized persons uh, in Egypt uh, during the 20th century. And Taha Hussein in 1954 went with the group of the people uh, to Yemen and they brought with them a collection of Zaydi manuscripts to Egypt. Uh, so the Egypt is also the state which is housing uh, collection of ZD manuscripts, uh, which is very important to know because you can already see that uh, when I'm talking about ZD manuscript, uh, these collections are in different parts of the uh, world. We have uh, them in Italy, we have them in uh, Netherlands, we have them in Germany, we have them in Egypt, in Turkey, in Saudi Arabia, in Kuwait. So there is a couple of countries housing these uh, uh, ZD manuscripts. Regarding this book, uh, written by Al-Qadi Abdul-Jabbar, it is now published online, you can read it online, but uh, as I know, it is just in Arabic, and I have it in front of me, as I already said, the name of the book is Al-Mugni fi Abwabi Tawheedi wal and this book is very astonishing and very important for all of us, I think, because on the page 55, there is a piece of his work and the name of that piece is uh, in Arabic language, Al-Kalam fil As'ar, which means the speech or talk about prices. And the first sentence, uh, first sentence in this work is very, very astonishing. And it really amazed me the uh, first time when I started to read uh, this piece written by Al-Qadi Abdul-Jabbar. And in Arabic language, it says, اعلم أن السيارة هو التقدير البدلي الذي تباع به الأشياء على جهة التراضي which means in English language it will be like uh, keep in mind that the price is the expression of a transaction by means of which things are exchanged according to the principle of mutual satisfaction uh, which is quite an astonishing regarding that and having on our mind now i will uh, introduce us with this manuscript but have on your mind that this manuscript is more than 1000 years old because Al-Qadi Abdul-Jabbar uh, was living in the 10th century. So this kind of a book is a talking about theology in generally. It's not talking just about price system, as I already mentioned, the name, but he is trying to talk about, as he is saying in the name of the book, Kitab an tawheed wal-Adl. He is trying to talk about Tawheed, we already know the definition of a Tawheed, or if we do not know the definition, definitely we, all of us, we do speak about Tawheed, so the unity of a God. And he's mentioning one particular word, which is very important for him. It is Al-Adl. It is justice system. So what he wants to say is this kind of work I am writing now, it will be based on a theology of a unity of a God and a justice system. And then he's starting to speak and to talk about his vision of a th Islamic theology. But one part of his book is uh, about price system and how price system, uh, which is our daily routine, uh, how it is related to the justice system. And that is something I will try to talk about it now in general terms about prices and how Qadi Abdul-Jabbar uh, sees in his manuscripts how price system is related uh, to the justice system and how it is related to the theological 
topic. Because of that, I was amazed because often when we talk about price system or structure of prices, we are talking in economical terms. We do speak about economy or even in our Islamic tradition. If we read about price system or about prices, anyone who is talking about Islamic economy, Islamic finance system, they will talk it from the side of a fiqh or from the low side or from the economy. But we will not hear a lot about the price system or we will not read anything that there was 1,000 years ago the man named Al-Qadi Abdul-Jabbar who had an idea that the justice system is very related to the price system and that theological system is also very connected and related to the price system. Prices are daily routine and it's hard to imagine any day in which at least indirectly we do not comment on the price of a product. They are just there, they surround us constantly and are part of our everyday daily activities. Since they are based on calculations and we decide what we will buy and to what extent. Uh, it is possible, for example, that we will give up uh, from certain purchases as it is likely that we will use certain changes in the price structure as a valid encouragement to use these changes in our favor. Since prices are an integ integral part of our everyday life, it is surprising to what extent we generally underestimate prices in terms of information and stimulus. Uh, they create their historical significance and even theological one. Prices have their theological significance and it is precisely that in Islamic tradition, the prices were included as an integral part of a theological teaching. As I said, I was personally amazed and I remember the incredible surprise while reading the capital theological work of Al-Mugni written by Al-Qadi Abdul-Jabbar and suddenly in front of me there, it was a chapter named Prices, Their Fall and Growth. There were two surprises here. The first one, the first one was uh, deconstructing the myth uh, proclaimed by Schumpeter about the great gap and the lack of a serious economic literature of a great importance in the period from the collapse of the Western Roman Empire to the Holy Roman Empire. The second moment of surprise is the way in which uh, Abdul-Jabbar uh, described price theory on a several pages and where he explained the theological theory of justice based on a price system. The extensive theological work uh, of Felmugni always deals with a precisely defined topic and in the context of prices, the whole subject is devoted to the theory of a teklif. Uh, teklif uh, is an Arabic word and I will explain it step by step. What does he mean by this kind of a word uh, about teklif? Because it is a general term for a tawhid, for a justice and for a system of prices and how they are related to the justice. Prices uh, do teach us about the position of man in relation to God, he will say, which is defined but by the terms of God omnisciences. In this context, Qadi Abdul-Jabbar as a true faqih, because uh, first of all, he was a faqih and then he was a theologian. He had a clear vision in which direction he will write theological creed on a justice based on our daily understanding of a price system. Theory of price structure has reached its peak in the 20th century as we already know that regarding the controversy surrounding the theory of prices and those kind of conflicts between Oscar Lang, Mises, Hayek and other names. 
in Islamic tradition, there is a talk about a taklif. Uh, it is precisely the definition of a human need for God. And that is important because in a taklif theory, only the God is a perfect one, one who possess all the information and humans are limited because their state of mind is lack of information. And this is first step, which is very important one in this book written by Qadi Abdul Jabbar, is that we have an author who is talking about prices like 1000 years ago and he's trying to explain in basic terms he's trying to catch uh, how prices are connected how they are related with uh, information uh, he's trying to understand the price system as some kind of a system which is sending us a huge amount of information. Uh, he surely did not keep in mind every detail on prices, but the basic he did understood. Because prices, uh, he was trying to present God's action on the one hand and human relations that manifest themselves through prices on the other. Uh, for Kadi, for example, the basic role of the price is to serve as a means of informing us about a particular transaction. The price of anything in this connection does not speak about the intrinsic value of a particular commodity, but it summarizes the information in itself as to what is the cost of the transaction or the exchange of uh, certain items when different variable market relations are combined and the total costs among which the cost of knowledge and limitation is particularly very important. When speaking about a taklif in a theological aspect, uh, it is primarily necessary to, to keep in mind uh, his talk on information because that is the starting point where he sees the prices as an important structure uh, for theology. God is the theological integrator of all information in a theological sense, but humans are not. Uh, humans are knowledge limited and they are information limited. And that is very amazing part in these writings of Qadi Abdul Jabbar. He is trying to send us a message that first of all, we uh, need to know that just uh, God is the one who possess all information and humans, they do not possess all information. They are knowledge limited, they are information limited, which means uh, for a society, we can't have any kind of a central society and we can't organize things in a sense that we will have one person with all information and all data and that there is a just one person who will be representative of a god and he will move everything it's it's impossible that what is trying uh, al-qadi abdul jabbar to say in his theological work that the main justice will start to flourish when we accept that just the God is the one who possess all information and not human. Prices in this respect represent a very important range of information or transaction details. Hadi would call it taqdirul badal, uh, which means the value of a transaction, which would imply that according to different places and context and consequently different variables, the same goods can have a totally different price 
and therefore totally different information. So in this respect, prices are some kind of our guidelines on a transaction and our mutual cooperation. In this respect, prices represent an essentials uh, for interpersonal relationships because they represent, among other things, a teaching that human relationships rest on imperfections. So he's trying to say that when we speak about God, if we want to understand in our Islamic tradition how the teaching of a God is related to the humans and vice versa, uh, it means that we need to accept uh, that the basic of a theological knowledge is to know that just God, that he is the one who possesses all information, not, not humans. And he is uh, the picture of perfection and not humans. So that is the basic. And he sees in the prices the system which is uh, sending us those kind of signals because all the day we are working with each other by the price system. And price system is sending us different kind of signals showing us all the imperfections existing between our transactions. Uh, sometimes those uh, who promote the price formation on the market will be perceived as a fanatically believing in the power of the market, which is essentially not true because it is precisely through the prices that the market and general human relations are viewed on the basis of imperfections, which is contrary to the static market vision in the context of equilibrium, a perfect condition when there is no need for change. And in our Islamic tradition, Mu'tazilis or Al-Qadi Abdul Jabbar was representative of those authors, of those theologians who didn't so uh, in a market and in any kind of relationships between humans uh, equilibrium. Uh, each time he's trying to say humans are knowledge limited and they are uh, information limited and just we are not perfect. But his answer will not be like because of that, that we are not perfect, we need some centralized uh, base system. No, he will say uh, the other thing. We need to follow the prices. We need to let the people to have a transaction, to do the, the businesses with each other. And by that, we will try to fix negative externalities. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. I thought that we can move on to also some discussion, but maybe you can con conclude your points here. Yeah, okay, I will I will conclude with uh, just I have this uh, book in front of me. I will try to make some uh, kind of a conclusion because to be honest, we can talk like two, three hours about this topic. Uh, uh, when taking into account uh, the price lessons, uh, two things can be learned. Initially, managing human relationships uh, through mathematical calculations that do not have real human relationships are picture of an existence in an imaginary equilibrium system. That lead, leads us to another important moment. Uh, Islamic tradition is first of all manifestation of a religion that has essentially cultivated the trade spirit in its traditional heritage, manifesting itself in the development of a trade religion in which books on theology included prices as a mean of explaining a whole system of beliefs and the way in which social institutions should act or in what direction they should move. Essentially, this involves teaching that strongly 
uh, opposes contemporary uh, modern conception of Islam as a religion whose system cries for a centralist mode of governance based on a social and economic restriction. In that regard, taklif is becoming a concept within which one has to be aware that people are primarily imperfect creatures and that the best set of imperfections is realized through decentralized entrepreneurial activity and entrepreneurship is understood as a constant discovery of a new information for which the main stimulus is uh, revealed prices in a sense of economy, but for Al-Qadi Abdul-Jabbar in sense of a theology, uh, it means that entrepreneurship and the constant discovery of new information means to be uh, to acknowledge that we are imperfect persons and that there is a just God, the one who possess all information, the one who is uh, perfect. I will conclude with these uh, sentences because uh, we are also limited with, with our time. Uh, so we can open discussion, you can start to ask me anything you want and we will move on. Thank you, uh, Janan. This is uh, extremely insightful and uh, really I think, as uh, you said, you were astonished to find these uh, evidence of an advanced level of discussion on price system 1,000 years ago. I'm also a student of the similar discussion and have uh, have observed the same. And I agree with you that in contrary to this tradition, the Islamic tradition, which was pro-trade and which understands the importance of pricing as a mechanism to define our values and exchange systems. In contrary to this tradition, the evolution of Islamic economics as a subject has been on the other direction, as you mentioned about centralized government. And, and also you mentioned that the Islamic legal tradition, the fiqh tradition, also uh, missed out uh, this discussion on pricing, which is uh, also surprising. Do you have any reaction on this uh, missing link between what you found 1,000 years ago, Qazi Abdul-Jabbar, Mutazali thought, and then the Islamic economics of the modern time, today, 20th century, 21st century, uh, and then Islamic generally, how come it, it missed these important precedents? Yes, I understand the question. Uh, I think, first of all, uh, I do not have, and not just me, that is very important part of this topic. Uh, when we discuss about these manuscripts and very old manuscripts, we same like when we are talking about prices, we need to know that these manuscripts, uh, we do not know uh, everything. We do not have uh, all information. So even today, uh, we are trying to put pieces with another pieces and trying to conclude what happened and what did not happen. But uh, what we do not know, for, for now, my answer would be, but maybe in following years, someone would uh, come with another answer. Uh, we need to know that, uh, as I already mentioned, Qadi Abdul-Jabbar, uh, he's coming from which tr tradition? Mu'tazili tradition. And all of us, we do know that Mu'tazili tradition, it was on their peak in the 9th century and 10th century. But after that, even they were in, uh, oh, how to say, like they were part of a Sunni tradition. But on the other part, we know that all of our Sunni communities, Sunni, different kind of religion traditions, they they interpreted and they introduced. We, you have a lot of books. And because of that, these manuscripts are very important. Because until 
1954. You, if you want to learn anything about Qadi Abdul Jabbar, if you want to know anything about Mu'tazili tradition, we didn't have uh, Mu'tazili books. We didn't have Mu'tazili manuscripts. Uh, even in Bosnian language, I'm now uh, trying to make one research how Bosnian Muslims react to, uh, to Mu'tazili tradition. And Oftenly, it is very negative. Why? Because they were learning about Martazili tradition or about Qadi Abdul Jabbar or anyone else from other uh, books. They were, for example, you can't read Ash'ari or Maturidi books. Yes, you can read Meqalat al-Islamiyin written by Al-Ash'ari about Mu'tazilis, but you need to have on your mind as a researcher, you do not have in front of you original manuscripts written by Al-Qadi Abdul Jabbar. And when you have original manuscripts, then you can compare or to see how the things are. First of all, we, what I want to say is that Mu'tazili tradition is not recognized by Sunni tradition as a part of Ahli Sunnah wal Jama'ah. And that was the outcome. We, we had that kind of an outcome. As I already mentioned, Taha Hussein brought these manuscripts uh, from Yemen and they were kept by whom? They didn't, uh, they were not kept by any any Sunni uh, community, they were kept by Zaidi community. So the Zaidi Shia community, they were keeping these Mu'tazili manuscripts. They were not keeping these manuscripts of uh, Mu'tazili tradition. Today we will not we will not know anything about Mu'tazili tradition except we will know all about them, but from their let's say, from the authors from another communities. And because of that, this uh, Taha Hussein and the group of the people from Egypt, they did a very good job and very important job when they went to Yemen 60, 70 years ago, and they brought these manuscripts with them to the Egypt so that we today, uh, we can uh, read uh, some manuscripts written by Al-Qadi Abdul Jabbar or other Mu'tazili authors. And that is one part of a broad problem of uh, our Islamic communities even today. Uh, for example, if I'm from, uh, if I'm Shia or if you are Sunni, uh, you are just not credible for me. Uh, you have a lot of people, you have a lot of uh, researchers. Uh, I think you will agree with me. I don't know how it is in Malaysia, but I will speak about Bosnia, for example. You will not read anything about uh, Shia tradition. You will not read their books. If we talk about Mu'tazilis, for example, me, I was in an uh, Islamic high school in Bosnia. And when we were learning about Mu'tazili tradition, we learned that Mu'tazili tradition is not a part of Ahli Sunnah wal Jama'ah. And that is that was the end. Uh, we didn't make any kind of a researcher research regarding the Mu'tazili tradition. We didn't do anything regarding the Mu'tazili tradition. Just having my own will to make a research, to learn Arabic language, first of all, uh, I started to learn about, uh, for example, about Mu'tazili tradition, uh, and then I saw the picture was pretty different than I was learned in uh, high school. And that, that's the part of a problem, because we do not recognize, when we speak about Islamic tradition, we just want to speak about few parts of our Islamic tradition, and we do not like to speak about those parts of our Islamic tradition which are not 
maybe they are not a picture of our understanding of Islam. For me, for example, not just for me, for anyone who wants to be quite a good researcher, he needs to put his uh, values and ideas on one side. And even if you like Maturidis or Ash'aris, but when you want to make a good research, you need to follow the original manuscripts. You need to follow what is really written in those manuscripts and not what is written about them few hundreds years after the old Mu'tazili tradition was expelled from uh, Sunni communities. And that is uh, the part of our job, I think, to do today uh, is to make network between intellectuals, but also to make a network system where we will uh, absorb all of manuscripts from different kind of Muslim communities. And we need to start to speak. I think that is also the problem. I wrote one text that Islam is based as a, it's a religion. It is a decentralized tradition. We do not have uh, we do not have a centralized institution. We have different kind of decentralized communities with decentralized interpretation of Islam, and we need to put all of them on the one place and to see uh, how this community was understanding the things, how this community was understanding the things. And regarding the Mu'tazili tradition, we have very important heritage regarding the price system and how the price system was related uh, to the theology. I didn't find this kind of a topic in uh, Ash'ari books, in Maturidi books or a Shia book. I found it just in uh, the book Al-Mugni written by Al-Qadi Abdul-Jabbar and it is astonishing. If you want to speak about the price system, uh, then you will have this manuscript as a huge heritage and you can uh, go around and to tell to people, look, uh, I have uh, in my religion uh, the author who spoke about the price system and he saw the price system uh, connected with the justice system like 1,000 uh, years ago. I think this is an important argument that you are building. I have uh, also looked at this very important hadith uh, when Prophet Muhammad Wasallam when he was approached by people during his time in Medina, when the prices were rising, and then he was asked, uh, as you were, you were, will be aware, to intervene and to stop these prices. And the Prophet said, uh, the God is uh, the disposer of prices. And uh, he did not intervene in the price setting. It happens. Uh, it happened uh, more than once. And there have been different interpretations of this hadith. But I also find, just like you, that this kind of price freedom is not reflected in the modern discussion on Islamic economics. And I think what you are saying is very important, that part of the intellectual heritage, as you mentioned, especially Mu'tazali uh, tradition, was lost, both due to uh, the political reasons and historical reasons. And it is encouraging, as you mentioned, that there have been attempts to rediscover some of these uh, manuscripts and intellectual heritage. I think the direct access to these manuscripts by scholars like you and then explaining to us uh, and others what is the main message is a, is a very important part of the intellectual revival in the Muslim uh, communities. And this is certainly a welcome step. What do you think uh, right now the prospects uh, of such uh, you know, discovery and intellectual revival, especially looking at the historical developments, as you have mentioned. What is the current status of the intellectual efforts? And do you see any attempts in, in Bosnia or in other parts of, of a serious 
scholarly attempts for rediscovery of some of these messages? Thanks for the question. Uh, there, there is a, some kind of how to say like we have that. I, as I mentioned in the beginning of our of our chat, I mentioned that a lot of these manuscripts probably you have it on your mind that they are not in uh, in libraries of Italia. They are in libraries of uh, Germany, Netherlands, and what. I want to say is that uh, now you have a lot of scholars who are doing a great job and they are doing a real, really great job, uh, but they are not uh, from uh, Muslim societies. I'm starting to laugh a little bit, but uh, it is how it is. Great uh, uh, scholars in the Quranic manuscripts, in the old Quranic manuscripts, they are coming from... Uh, especially from Leiden University, uh, which is based in Netherlands. Or you have scholars coming from uh, United States or from Germany or from Italy. Italia is having uh, great researchers and scholars regarding the heritage of Islamic manuscripts. Uh, what is the problem or what, how I see the problem is that uh, regarding the Muslim communities and Muslim institutions, even here in Bosnia and Herzegovina, is uh, that we have that kind of uh, ideological problem. For example, in Bosnia and Herzegovina, uh, it is written in the constitution of Islamic community that we are Muslim community who is following Hanafi school of teaching and in theology, Maturidi and Ash'ari uh, teachings, which is okay with me. I do not have problem with that because in Bosnia, yes, we had that Islamic tradition based on a uh, Maturidi and Ash'ari theological teachings and uh, legal teaching of Hanafi schools, which is very important. I don't have that kind of a problem. But where the problem starts is when you want to make a research, when you make want to make an introduction about, uh, for example, in this case, about Mu'tazili communities, then you will have let's call them scholars, uh, who will not be satisfied with that, or they will make some kind of representation of a Mu'tazili tradition or any kind of other tradition based on uh, arguments or informations which are not valid. Uh, but in Bosnia and Herzegovina, uh, what I see now, and I think that uh, as an individual, we can do a lot of a job, our race and ulema or uh, high representative of Islamic community in Bosnia and Herzegovina, he did wrote a, a text about the uh, Mu'tazili tradition of prices. And he was uh, talking about uh, the same things I mentioned in this topic. And the most important part of that is that, uh, as I mentioned in my bi biography, I'm an editor of a, of a blog based on uh, researchers in uh, Islamic uh, tradition of different kind of manuscripts. Step by step, I saw that even in Islamic community in Bosnia, there is a lot of people, even uh, the high officials, who started to talk about uh, these kind of topics. And really, in that text, it is written just in Bosnian language, but it is uh, written two months ago. Uh, he mentioned that how we need to understand the justice system in a sense of a price system. If, for example, if we want to talk about minimum wage, if we want to talk about any kind of our transactions, we need to put also the price system in understanding of our society and not just society, also uh, to understand how we are related to the God. But uh, as individuals, I think we can do uh, small moves, but we need to have institutions. 
Uh, if we do not have institutions who are doing a really serious job, we will uh, lack of uh, any kind of growth because institution is institution. Institutions are very important. Even me as an individual, yes, you can speak, you can uh, introduce the audience with different kind of topics. But if you do not have institution behind you, you know, our society is based on a trust in institutions. And if uh, some institution is telling you these kind of uh, information or if these kind of researches, they are not valid, then you will have a problem. Uh, because of that, I think we also need to tell to ourselves that really we know we need to have also good network system with scholars from Europe, from United States, who are not Muslims, but they are very important scholars in the field of Islamic civilization, Islamic tradition, and especially tradition of Islamic manuscripts. My idea is now as an individual is to find different kind of manuscripts, even in libraries here in Bosnia and Herzegovina, in Sarajevo, or other parts of the world. I'm trying to find manuscripts. I'm trying to find some very interesting points in these manuscripts and then to make some kind of research and to put it in the public uh, to to explain the people the tradition of uh, Islam in some kind of another view for as you already mentioned uh, we have in fiqh we will find we will find a lot of things regarding the price system but for me what was astonishing even when we speak about the price system in economy you will speak about the price system in one way but regarding the theology uh, you know you will speak about the price system as a system of uh, values you will learn regarding the prices if you're learn what is the difference for example if you're uh, reading any book uh, regarding the price system and regarding the hadith you already mentioned about the prices. In fiqh, they will just talk, is it halal or is it okay to fix the prices on the market? And that is something they will discuss. They will discuss, yeah. is it uh, okay to fix a prices? But in a theology, uh, when Aqadi Abdul-Jabbar is speaking about prices, he do not discuss about these things. He's trying because it is a theology. Uh, he's trying to tell us, I want you to understand that by prices, you will see that everything is in disequilibrium, uh, that we are imperfect. Yeah. And, and if you know that, if you understand that, then you will not ask for a society where you will have a centralized system with one president or Khalif, yeah. or however you want to call him who will fix the prices uh, as in socialist system you know the a lot yeah. of uh, Jenna, socialist um, yes sorry, yes, uh, yes, sorry. Yes, i yes. have to uh, interrupt you here yes, uh, yes, because yes. we are reaching the limit of our uh, yes. uh, podcast we i think it's a very interesting discussion and and we should uh, continue this discourse but is a important takeaway from your uh, last statement uh, in answering to the last question i posed you have also highlighted a very important thing you mentioned that the religious interpretation or definition or a preference of a specific fic or school of thought by different Muslim countries is a possible problem in keeping the intellectual discussion alive. You, you mentioned that Bosnian Islamic constitution uh, recommends or follows a particular school of thought. And I observe the same 
in Malaysia, for instance, which prefers and which uh, confines the religious interpretation to Shafi'i school of thought. And obviously, we can observe the same in Saudi Arab, and we can mention or observe this in Iran. And in uh, major Muslim countries, indeed, this is the case. And this is perhaps is one of the key reasons of today in Muslim communities, despite of our rich intellectual heritage and tradition, we do not observe the same level of intellectual freedom which has been the legacy of Muslims over the centuries. And um, then you also mentioned about the role of institutions. I think this is a point well taken. So I would like to thank you uh, for uh, joining today to, in this podcast and, and sharing your discovery of this important manuscript of Ghazi Abdul Jabbar and talking about the price systems, but then also drawing broader conclusions about the place of maybe independent and critical thinking within the Muslim history. Um, I appreciate that. I, and um, I hope that we will continue this discussion in the future. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ali. Thank you for everything, for listening to me and hope so it was enlightening to both of us and to the audience. And that wraps up this week's episode of Islam and Liberty podcast. So, if you'd like to learn more about us, come visit us on our website at islamandlibertynetwork.org. If you enjoyed the show and would like to support us, you can donate to us through our website. Thank you for listening, and we hope to see you next week.